Well, welcome back to the podcast, guys. This is episode 26 of A Philosophy of Strength. Today's episode is entitled, Who's Telling the Truth? And really the purpose of today's podcast is to discuss who you can trust when it comes to getting your information about training, nutrition, any of the stuff related to that stuff, health or whatever, um, on social media, on the internet, or even in person. Who can you really trust? Because if you have been, you know, trying to learn about information in this space for a while now, you'll probably have noticed that there is a lot of contradictory information out there really for just about any uh, statement that you could come across, you're going to find one that's the exact opposite. And often it can look like, you know, I'm trying to find out information about, you know, should I do squats? One personal trainer online is saying, don't do squats, squats are bad for your knees. And then another guy who's seemingly also a personal trainer and you would assume is the same amount of qualifications is saying no squats are fine and i can totally understand how this could be a really frustrating and probably demotivating thing for somebody who's maybe just trying to get started and figure out what the hell exactly is it that i'm supposed to be doing here um and for me it's frustrating as well as a coach when i first started working in this area um i used to get very annoyed um seeing you know people who maybe have like massive followings online just putting out information that was plain and simple incorrect um and it was frustrating and, and you know for a long time i was taking quite a, a a bitter approach to that where i would maybe just try to like pick apart those people um you know, maybe like repost something stupid I had seen and say, this is wrong because of da 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 da. And I'm not sure that's really the best way to approach things because realistically, the the people who have huge followings and use them in nefarious ways to sell products, etc., um, are actually very skilled. And they're not very skilled at coaching people, they're not very skilled. Um, when it comes to being able to analyze exercise science research or any of those actual key skills that you would need for helping someone, they're extremely skilled marketers and salesmen. And that's really what you need to build a brand and a large social media following. They know how to brand themselves. They know how to create a self-image that seems very charismatic and confident and trustworthy. And it's not feasible to try to take those people down with logic because they're not winning people over with logic to begin with. Most people buy things um, or follow pages or make consumer-based decisions um, based on their emotions, not on their logic. So if you see an advertisement and it gives you good emotions, then you're going to be far more likely to buy that product. So these people play on, you know, your fears, um, things that they know that you're concerned about and you want to change. Um, In marketing, I believe it's called a pain point. So 
take for example some of those annoying ads you might see that pop up that are about um you know how to get rid of your belly fat in three weeks or something like that or with this one simple hack the pain point there is the belly fat and they are now providing the magic bullet solution for you to um to get rid of that pain point and you know if you're someone who's been struggling with your weight for a long time maybe you've tried lots of different methods and you're just sick of having this issue and you want to believe that there is that quick <clears throat> easy fix for you and this brings me on to the next point that i want to be very clear in saying that you know i i began by saying that i used to be really annoyed at the people who would prey on um you know seemingly naive people um to get them to buy bogus products that don't work or or programs that are inefficient or whatever but actually the more time that i've spent working as a coach um especially with trying to get people to buy into what i believe to be a better way of doing things the more i've come to realize that a lot of the blame actually also lies with the consumer themselves um And I'm not saying this applies to everybody, because the point of this podcast is to try to give information to people who actually do just need to be given uh, the correct information um, to to get the help that they need. But I have realized that there are some people who really don't want um, actual help. They don't actually want um, to do the things that they would need to to get to what they think they want. Um, So for me, there's two reasons why people are willing to buy into, um, you know, the ab trainer thing that you wrap around your waist that's supposed to zap all the fat off you or whatever they're selling nowadays. Um, For me, there's two big reasons why somebody would actually, you know, argue with me and get angry if I try to tell them that that isn't real or it's not going to work. And I've had this happen before. And it astounded me because obviously I'm just trying to help people. But sometimes people get really angry about this when you confront them on it. The first reason why is because they don't actually want to change. I think most of us know deep down that, um, you know, if, if say for instance, going back to the overweight issue, like if, if you're overweight, you have excess body fat. I think most of us intuitively know that that's going to require changing our daily habits our daily lifestyle um it's going to involve maybe learning how to cook properly um making the hard decision not to get a takeaway on the days where you're stressed out um you know putting some effort into food prep learning about nutrition um and really overall just exercising willpower and taking more of the instant gratification but low nutrition and high calorie foods out I think most people know that on a deep level, but they don't want to admit it to themselves. So buying these products, it's literally paying to trick themselves into believing that they're doing something because they want to believe that there is an easy, quick fix way of um, solving their their health or or fitness pain point. And um, there's a lot of people that are willing to spend hundreds of euro um to keep that lie going for themselves that's the first reason why some people really don't want to be told otherwise and are quite happy to pay these 
fitness con men essentially the second reason why is that maybe this actually happens quite a lot as well the method the product etc that they have purchased actually worked for them now this can be kind of hard to wrap your head around but the reality is if you're a beginner um, as I've said many times before just about anything that's a step in the right direction is going to work to some extent so I remember I saw um, a good example of this a couple of years ago was this thing that was literally called the snake oil diet uh, or maybe it was just called the snake diet or something like that but I think it was snake oil <laughs> I couldn't actually believe this guy had the balls to call it that but um, this guy was getting people to essentially do intermittent fasting but like it was really extreme form of it um, I thought it bordered on unhealthy or maybe dangerous um, but intermittent fasting like many dietary approaches does actually work for people um, and if you have been overweight for a long period of time, maybe your whole life, and you've tried lots of different things, and you finally have got something to work, and maybe you've lost quite a bit of weight, maybe you've actually gotten down to um, a healthy body fat percentage, um, you don't want to believe that that thing is wrong. Because if you accept the scientific facts presented to you for you know why this might not be a good approach or why this isn't anything particularly special and you've just created a calorie deficit um you then have to still accept that you still don't know um that you are going to be able to keep that weight off if you digress from that method so it's easier for your mind to just fully buy in and say no this is the only way to do things this guy hasn't tricked me at all um you're wrong and i'm gonna happily stay in this kind of um uh, state of brainwashing uh, essentially but kind of voluntary brainwashing so without going too far off track those are the two reasons why there's some people that just aren't going to want to listen to this and i never try to waste energy with convincing someone who doesn't want to be convinced right with that aside uh, as i said from the outset the aim of this podcast is to give you as a person who does wants to know um, how to seek out good accurate information to give you the tools to actually do that yourself because I do believe that um, identifying uh, credible and reliable information is actually a skill set that anybody can learn it isn't too hard to acquire um, I feel like I've done it to a certain extent myself it's helped that I have done um, a scientific bachelor's and master's degree so i've had some practice in applying critical thinking and i can see when other people from fields i don't necessarily have as much knowledge about are doing that so i can kind of say okay this guy sounds like he's he's thinking logically and presenting a logical argument um so i'm gonna break the way that you would assess somebody's credibility down into two parts the first part is the person themselves and the second part is the message that they are conveying to you so let's start off with the person okay so there's three main things that you want to assess this person by and no single one of these is a make or break on whether they're a credible source or not but you're going to see that all of the things that i'm going to talk about kind of come together to create 
a um, a holistic view of you know you should be able to get a gut feeling of if this person is bullshitting or not basically so I think the first thing that you're going to want to um, figure out is what is this person's educational background now it's very easy for this um, point to come across as being maybe somewhat discriminatory or elitist and it's not at all because what I'm going to say is that I don't think that you need to have like a PhD in um, a certain area to be able to have um, expertise in that area or to at least be able to have reliable information. Um, obviously it's different in areas that are hard sciences like mathematics or physics and, and areas like that um, but really um, we're talking about a soft science when we come to something like nutrition or exercise science or um, sports science um, and having a PhD is, is great and everything but believe it or not amazingly and we've seen this from some people who've published books in the past um there are people who manage to get phds and still somehow don't really seem to fully understand uh, applying critical thinking that aside though i think it is really important that the person that is giving you information um, at least at the bare minimum has some kind of a certification has had to prove that they have studied in this area and shown their knowledge level is at a certain standard by you know uh, passing a certification obtaining a degree or something like that I do think that depending on the college depending on the lectures um getting say like a bachelor's degree in an area like say uh, sports science or whatever name they give it kinesiology or whatever it's generally going to be a better quality um level of education than say getting a certificate that you could probably guess in like a few weeks um and the reason why i say that is because a lot of these certs might be quite good from a practical point of view they might teach personal trainers how to market themselves how to coach people in person person but they don't expose them to scientific thinking um they don't force them to analyze studies um and you know do ass assignments where you have to look at a topic um analyze the, the research that's available on that topic and you know give your your views on like you know what's a reasonable solution to a problem based around that topic or whatever um so i'm not saying that you have to have a degree but um the person needs to have shown that they have uh some education in the area i've come across people who have master's degrees or bachelor degrees and don't really seem to know very much at all about coaching people um, and I've also encountered people who have no degrees but actually put in the effort to do their own reading in the area and just because it wasn't formalized doesn't mean that um, they haven't worked very hard to learn about the area so the person that you're getting information from needs to have some kind of an educational background 
The second thing about the person then is that they should have some practical coaching experience. I think this is really important. Um, there is a huge trend nowadays of people just going straight into doing online coaching with people. I don't think that you can provide a sufficient service or have a proper overview of how the training process actually works for somebody if you have not coached them in real life. Um, there are dozens and dozens of things that I had no idea about and had my eyes opened up to. Um, when I first began po coaching people in real life, I realized what sounds great in a textbook uh, doesn't work necessarily at all when you're coaching, let's say, a group of athletes um, and you need to prioritize things like space, um, equipment, etc. blah, 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 blah. And the other thing from coaching people in person is that you begin to notice patterns. Um, you notice certain things seem to work really well, certain things don't. And you'll find when you talk to other coaches that they might confirm those patterns. That's the kind of stuff that eventually then gets um, uh, studied in like a, a scientific setting. Um, and then eventually gets put into the textbook. So um, there's a lot of stuff that you learn from coaching that um, is unique from, you know, reading studies or, or a book or whatever. Um, so they need to have some practical coaching experience. Um, third thing is that they have to have personal experience training themselves. Um, you know, in recent years, it seems like this has become a contentious thing to say, but I really don't understand how because I don't see how you can fully understand the training process until you've subjected yourself to it because nobody is going to be able to give you more accurate feedback um, about how a body responds to training than, than you are, you know, by doing training yourself, seeing what effect it has, understanding how that would then work for other people, um, and also just being able to empathize with people. You know, if you're pushing people um, to, to train hard or to make certain food choices or whatever, I think you really should have put yourself through that process before to be able to understand to a certain degree what they're going to be going through. Um, so those are the three things that the person you're getting information from um, should really have. They should have some educational backgrounds. They should have practical coaching experience. Um, and they should have experience training themselves. Again, they don't need to squat triple body weight. I certainly can't do that. But they should also, you know, not get crippled by an empty barbell, you know. Um, they need to have some time under the bar. Um, and they shouldn't be trying to coach people. I mean, I I um, use the analogy of how you would never get um, guitar or piano lessons off somebody who's never played those instruments before. And there are things that you learn from doing that yourself. So that's the first part of analyzing someone, the person themselves. Um, the second part now is the message that they are actually conveying. And uh, this, in my view, is probably going to be the easiest one or the easiest part of this to, to flag, you know, to set off your... Um, kind of fitness con man radar because um, what's great about this is that a lot of these guys use really similar tactics because 
they're super effective at um, uh, getting people engaged and into a buyer state. So, um, one of the big ones as 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 a society, we have actually become quite um, trusting and you know open to the idea that scientists have a lot of good things to say and that science is a very useful thing we've seen what a huge impact it's had on our day-to-day lives with the invention of things like smartphones and um all of the new scientific um advances that are happening all the time but the way that the con man has manipulated this narrative is um science has now become kind of just like a buzzword to shut down people's critical thinking skills you just kind of put like a science stamp on whatever it is that you're saying um and immediately people think like oh okay that must work because you know he says science says so um and that's a really dangerous thing because it goes against the whole scientific thinking um process you know, science isn't about um, what I'm, I'm going to go on to now, which is an appeal to authority. It's not about that. Uh, science is about looking at the evidence for whether something is true or not and slowly cutting away all the stuff that is definitely not true until you eventually get to somewhere that's at least approaching the truth. Um, and so what you need to be looking out for here is um a logical fallacy which is known as appeal to authority so appeal to authority means that the person is using their stature or uh, some kind of a, a virtue or something as a reason for why they are correct so an example would be somebody saying that they are a doctor that's a really common one and if you go into any bookstore and look in the health section you'll see a slew of health related books uh, usually nutrition based books being sold by doctors and the irony of this is that doctors actually receive very little um, uh, actual lectures on uh, nutrition as part of their degree I would have got more nutrition based stuff in my degree which was only a three-year um, health performance science degree in UCD than somebody who completed a six-year medical degree. Um, but because society uh, looks as do- looks to doctors as experts, and they are within their given area, um, they're able to use that appeal to authority um, as a doctor to say that they know about nutrition and they can sell books and stuff through that. So is the person that you're getting information from um, saying this is true because of, and then, you know, includes lots of references. And I'll go on a bit later about how you can kind of discern what are proper references and what aren't. But, or are they just saying, this is true because I'm a PhD or I'm a doctor or I'm a scientist and because it's a scientific fact. And that's just it. Okay. And then this leads me on to my next point, which is don't be afraid to fact check people. It's not as hard as you think it would be. Um, 
Now, it depends on what they're talking about. You don't want to get into a situation where you're having to sift through dozens of PubMed articles because the reality is that unless you have a scientific background, you're not going to be able to actually, you know, properly analyze a scientific paper that somebody puts up. But a good example I have of this is, is a coach that I used to follow who um, still to this day, he's passed away now, but he's still like one of the the big figures in the strength industry or, or health and fitness industry even. Um, and he used to say some absolutely crazy things. Uh, I remember one of the things he said was about going on holidays to Dominican Republic and he was eating, oh, it was some kind of a fruit or vegetable, like, I can't remember, but he claimed that he put on just a ridiculous amount of muscle mass in the span of a few weeks just from eating this fruit. And... Um, you know, there was other things that he said, like, you know, studies that had shown, you know, crazy results from doing certain training methods or whatever. Um, and I remember listening to an interview with him one time, and I just literally started going on Google, and I started Googling this stuff, and it was nowhere to be seen. Um, 90% plus of the stuff that he was saying was just pure fabrications and you wonder sometimes how people actually even get into a position where they think that they're not going to get caught out doing this stuff but i suppose this guy was old enough that he'd been doing this pre-internet when people wouldn't have been able to fact check stuff as much and there's a lot of politics and um you know the health and fitness industry where you know people don't want to shoot themselves in the foot by burning a bridge with a guy who's going to have loads of contacts and stuff like that but um you know, it's really not that hard to fact check these people. And uh, don't be afraid to do that for yourself. So one thing that you might be wondering about is, okay, this person says that whatever they're saying is reflected by the science. They've put up these references. Um, how do I figure out if those are good references or not? The reality is, in my opinion, you can't. Um, unless you want to devote a huge amount of your time to trying to figure out how to analyze um, exercise science studies, uh, which wouldn't be a good use of your time. So uh, what I would say is that uh, I would use the climate change analogy to describe this, right? So um, the problem with how the media often frames the climate change debate, particularly in America, which is concerning because it's uh, one of the big players on that stage that needs to make a change for the planet, is that they like to frame issues as perfectly equal, that each side is completely balanced and it'd be reasonable for either of them to be correct. Um, the problem is, if you actually took the climate change debate um, and you represented the amount of scientists in a room that would agree or disagree about whether climate change is real or not and we need to do something about it. It would look like a room full of scientists on one side who are the ones that think climate change is real and poses a, a danger to humanity and then you'd have like, you know, three or four guys over in the corner who are the ones that aren't so sure. And even at that, you know, you have to wonder sometimes if maybe their message has been misinterpreted by people who have, um, you know, other uh, other incentives, like 
I don't know, maybe they have shares in oil companies or something. But uh, what I'm getting at here is that the scientific consensus is what you really need to be uh, concerned with because you can't expect to know as much about analyzing studies as somebody who has dedicated you know 10 years of their life to going through college and eventually getting a phd in an area it would be arrogance to think that you know as much about it as they do so you have to put your trust in these people and it would be naive to put your trust in a single one of these people but if you know 95 plus percent of the people who are highly educated in an area can all more or less agree on what is likely to be true i think you'd be quite stupid not to just go with their opinion on us um and this is the funny thing about people sometimes saying to me like you know it's really hard to understand who's telling the truth or not in the health and fitness space because there's so much contradictory information but i don't see any contradictory information on my feed because i'm only following people who are highly educated in the area and yeah they might have varying opinions on the small details but for the 90 plus percent um, of information they're all on board about what people need to be doing people need to be doing resistance training they need to be eating a diet high in fruits and vegetables getting lots of protein getting good sleep being active during the day drinking mostly water like this is all stuff that anybody who's got a really solid education in the area can agree on <clears throat> the the next part of the the message that i want you to consider is whether it has a, a good versus evil narrative so what i mean by this is does the um the person frame exercises training methods foods um you know any of this stuff as being evil or good um like are they framing things in a very black and white way and it's fine for people to have opinions about things you know they might think that you know certain training methods are rubbish or they're not uh, a good approach for most people to take but the key here is are they are they using this um to set you up for a sale okay so that's that's the main thing that you want to be looking for uh, a classic one for this is people who are selling supplements or diet books for example that are based around the ketogenic diet will set you up for that sale by putting up posts where they they manipulate some uh, science about carbs being really evil and healthy for you and carbs are the source of all the woes of the world are the cause of obesity and cancer and everything that's wrong with the world is carbs um, when they can get you into that mind frame and get your buy-in on that it's a whole lot easier to um, sell you a product that is based around avoiding carbs and using a ketogenic diet to um, to lose weight or reach your health and fitness goals and that's a really common one so you should definitely look out for that like I said there's no problem with people having strong opinions about things um, 
about you know what is good approach or, or not a good approach um but when it looks like they're using that to set you up for a sale that's that's really a pretty big giveaway that they don't really care very much about putting out good information or accurate information um and then the last thing that you need to oh, actually sorry before i go on to the last thing one last thing i need to say there is that i'm not against people trying to sell stuff i try to sell stuff um if a coach or a trainer or nutritionist or whoever is working in this industry the reality is that they need to make a living and part of that might be trying to sell products um on the internet so th- there's nothing inherently wrong about trying to sell stuff about using ads or marketing but it's the way that you do that um are you trying to sell that stuff by manipulating um the truth or are you legitimately creating a great product um to dispense the truth to people you know like um if i put out a training book yeah i'm selling that for partially selfish reasons which is to make money but at the heart of it i love training and giving out good information to people so it in my mind it, it would be a fair trade because i'm getting value for us and you as the consumer are getting value from us because you're getting to learn about um what i think is a great way to to train or whatever it is there's nothing wrong with with somebody trying to sell you something but if it looks like they're fibbing massively to do it or the product they're selling you is uh is not up to scratch then you want to avoid that um And the last part of their message that you need to be looking at, um, and I think is another really big red flag for whether this person is, you know, truly evidence-based or not, is are they a trend hopper? Is their message changing every few years based on what is in vogue, what's in trend? Like I've said before on the, the podcast, the fitness industry is very similar to the fashion industry in that there's new trends coming around all the time. Every year there's a new one. Uh, you know, this recent year, inter- intermittent fasting was really big for nutrition and trends get recycled as well. Like intermittent fasting was probably big as some other kind of diet a few years ago. I know that uh, the Atkins diet is a very similar idea to things like um you know ketogenic and stuff like that Uh, it was also another really high protein diet if the person that you're looking to get information from is radically changing their advice um you know every few months or years and it just so happens to be whatever is trendy at that time and easy to sell to people that's a really big red flag Um, and it's not the same thing as somebody who is evidence-based appraising the science and seeing that something has actually changed in the evidence that's available and then changing their opinion scientists are supposed to change their opinions when um you know new and better evidence comes to light and is strong enough to indicate that they were wrong before that's part of the scientific process both 
Um, you don't want to be following people who are just completely changing their message uh, based on the whim of whatever is getting the most views on the Instagram newsfeed. Um, you know, a good example of this is uh, Joe Wicks. Joe Wicks used to be completely in denial of people uh, advocating for calories being a, a big thing to consider when it comes to nutrition. And then he completely flip-flopped on that a few years ago when it became a little bit more uh, popular for people to consider calories. Um, guys like James Smith started getting a little bit more notoriety. And um, and I think he's flip-flopped back again. I saw an interview with him a while ago where he was saying that he doesn't count any calories at all. He's probably going to go on some intermittent fasting buzz now. Um, so yeah, avoid the trend hoppers. Um, and that's, that's pretty much, um, everything that I have to say. This has been quite a long podcast. There's a lot that goes into this. Um, essentially, if I could give you the cliff notes version of everything that we've covered here is follow people who have a proper education in the area. Um, you know, when it comes to training, they need to have trained other people. They need to have trained themselves. Um, so they should be in, in some amount of physical shape. Um, if they are giving out scientific information, that information needs to gel with what the scientific consensus is among actual experts in that area. So, you know, you'll find that if you go to um you know the international society of sports nutrition you know that's going to be a place where pretty much all of the the basic tenets of uh what the research shows is going to be put out and whatever their kind of uh review is of an area so i wouldn't go trying to read individual studies um i would look at you know whether facts people are given out are espoused by you know organizations like that that are run by scientists and uh, praise all the research themselves i hope you've enjoyed that guys i'm quite hoarse now after all this talking i will see you uh next episode of the podcast